0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> Streaming July 3rd on Disney Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hamilton. $10, found a father without a father. Experience the journey. Work in the lot harder the dream. In the, lot smarter the triumph. The Tony, Grammy, and Pulitzer Prize winning phenomenon is here. Hamilton. Hamilton, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Streaming July 3rd, exclusively on Disney Plus. Broken records, the albums you wouldn't shut up about. Broken records, the music our guests can't live without. Like Judy, Barbara, Liza, Beth, Betty, Audra, Bernadette. Bernadette. We, we broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might get. Welcome to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World, Broadway Podcast Network, and Broadway on Demand. I am Ben Rimmelauer and I am here with my lovely co-host Daniel Nolan. Hey, y'all. We are just as pleased as punch to be talking today about the landmark Lin-Manuel Miranda musical, In the Heights, Tony Award winner, 19, uh, 19 2007, <laughs> um, 2000, pardon me, 2008, uh, and we're going to be talking about it with its star, original Daniela, Andrea Burns. Andrea yes. Burns- such a fabulous talent that I have just worshiped from afar for literally decades. Mm-hmm. She, I guess, she actually began her career when she was only 18, touring the opera houses of Europe as Maria in West Side Story. But wow. she first became uh, known to me and my kind by her thrilling vocals in Jason Robert Brown's, the show that put him on the map, Songs for New World, where she's saying, Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of anything, and I'd give it all for you. And, um, then, uh, she, well, she most recently got an Outer Critics Circle nomination in, uh, Gloria Stefan's On Your Feet on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And, um, other shows she created roles in are Stephen Sondheim's Saturday Night and, um, Douglas Carter Bean's The Nance. Loved her in that yes, so much. I loved her in that as well, too. And, um, she's just a wonderful, Talent and a wonderful person, as we now know. Because yeah. I have to tell you I guys, mean,
0: tell, tell them the story. We just experienced this whole three act drama in the past
1: hour. I mean, you know, when something like you just come so close to death that it just gives you, <laughs> it just gives you a new lease on life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I've been a, fr- a fan of Andreas for you know for over twenty for over twenty years, <laughs> and. um I, uh, she'd be a great domina and funny thing happened in the way the forum, by the way. Um, but I had never met her. And so, you know, just meeting her, you know, e-meeting her or whatever to record the podcast, which by the way, we do remotely. So, you know, it's not even face to face. So yeah. I'm just, you know, grateful asking a stranger to give us her time, you know, yeah. just over our shared love of musical theater and in the Heights and Lynn manuel Miranda. And, um, so we have this great chat with her and we talked to her for about half an hour and it was so kind of her to, you know, make time for us. And she was so lovely to talk to. And we yeah. all hang up, happy, happy go lucky, just like any other interview we've done. And Daniel's like, Oh, her file's not there. Her file's not
0: uploading. Yeah. And- it had like saved our MP3s to my Dropbox and then hers was like still uh, spinning, you know, up- uh, uploading or whatever. My stomach
1: dropped and like, at first I was just like, I'm sure, I'm sure that it's just the backup file. It's in the backup file or, you know, doesn't the master has all three of ours from, I don't know why, I don't know how anything <laughs> works, but like, in <laughs> fact, the answer to all of my assurances was in fact, no. And um, so there's like the horrifying realization that <clears throat> this total stranger, indeed this Broadway star who I have never met, I now have to like get back to over email, hoping she sees it and be like, Hey, thanks for that great interview. Just real quick. Could you come back onto the session? Because Daniel's thinking that, you know, when she comes back on, we'll be able to then get the file from her, computer so you know just a little technical glitch we just need to grab the session from you again so then we just wait and pray that she sees the email within a matter of minutes you know moments really seconds we see her back on the session hi andrea thank you so much she's like oh sure what's the problem then we proceed to spend literally more time than we spend (laughs) doing the original (laughs) interview torturing this poor woman as we just like troubleshoot with her by the way all the while through this infuriating delay in between her hearing us and us hearing her and yeah, she was and just so patient and kind to just keep but one after another of these troubleshooting tips yeah i'm just like fails. going through
0: i'm just going through like the the help page of this podcasting website reading all the options Uh, Meanwhile, it's a weekend, so, like, the chat function is currently not working. So, like, I can't email or ask anyone who works there what I should do. So we keep trying all these options. And I love what she said. uh, The delay was so intense that she was like, I feel like seasons change between me saying something (laughs) and you guys
1: hearing me. And it was so true. Um, And, like, literally at one point, I'm like – we have to like do a deep dive onto her like new MacBook and like figure yeah. out like which setting she has for right click. And just by the way, anytime you're dealing with right click, you already are in trouble. Right click is not yeah. something you use on a good day when everything right, works the way it's supposed right. to. So, I mean, all the while just having to wonder like, <laughs> was this whole interview just lost? Right. Yeah. A wonderful
0: and, like, interview.
1: Even if, yeah, even if she was like, let's just do it again, you guys. Like how, how could we, it was like, you know, it was the chemistry of like a first date. Like it was like yeah. all just spontaneous conversation. Like how do we read? Okay. So, uh, I think this is the part where you said, I don't know, you know, um, the first read of, yeah. Uh, you heights. know, I mean, you know, it just, it was like, there was no way that was ever going to happen where, I mean, I was like, do we just kill ourselves? <laughs> like what's, what's, I truly like, like, the eject button?
0: Yeah, and and I feel like I aged like 20 years. Um, Meanwhile, it's like, you know, gray and rainy out. I'm like, this does not bode well for the rest of my my time on this earth. Seriously, um, I mean, what can we do? But eventually we figured out how to, uh, we figured out her MacBook settings to set the right click. So she was able to... Right click, save the file uh, locally on her computer and then email it to us. And it worked. And I heard her beautiful, beautiful voice
1: voice. from our recording.
0: And I like
1: heaved a sigh of relief. And, I mean, um, she was just so nice. Acting. Like, definitely, we yeah. were at the point where, like, Patty Lupone or like, probably even like Kelly O'Hara would have been yeah. like, "I'm sorry, you guys. Like, uh, I gotta go. Just you know, yeah, uh, figure uh, it just, out. You know, find some of my other shit online and cut it, <laughs> cut and yeah. paste. You know." <laughs> So yeah,
0: thank you again, Andrea. Oh my I mean, God,
1: Andrea Burns!
0: Not we only a wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful thirty-minute interview, but like another forty-five minutes spent troubleshooting with her, which made me love her even more. That now, is when
1: you really, I mean, you know,
0: when the chips are down. That's yeah, you when know, you really know what you're dealing with. Yeah, it's like you know how when you go through, like, whenever Trump was elected president, like that oh, night, goes I back spent to Trump with my uh best friend Jessica you know that night at the bar we spent cheering on Hillary Clinton seeing the results roll in getting excited getting drunk over the idea of a woman president and then slowly we begin to realize that things are going south and as we all know how that turned out horribly but I feel like that (laughs) horrible moment like strengthened our friendship and our relationship in a way that no other experience could have because we oh, were no, just no. like clinging to each other for dear yes. life. We are bonded so, like,
1: to Andrea Burns now for So I feel
0: like this, yeah, this bonded <laughs> us to Andrea Burns. And like, I feel like any time, whenever we finally do meet her in person, I feel like, it's just gonna be like we're we've gone through so much together. We're like old friends at this point.
1: So yeah, like I don't even wanna meet her until there's a cure and a vaccine for COVID. Because when I meet her, I'm gonna need like a real hug from her. Mm-hmm, <laughs> just to like mm-hmm. I just need to like have her hold me for like yeah. 30 seconds,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean oh what God. just a calm, I mean, even I told Ben I was so nervous and just so my my initial response to these situations just just to be like well like we need to like move on I, I, get used to the fact that like we're gonna have to like redo do this or whatever and Ben and Andrea were so like no it's great like we'll figure it out let's what can we do and I so, mean like, honestly
1: I kind of wish that we had recorded that whole like yeah. non-session session of us just like with <laughs> like troubleshooting the like, yeah the, <laughs> oh my god oh okay. god well, okay there is a god and the universe yes. is a loving forgiving place and we yes. can all find peace and joy asunder yeah um i don't yes. know what asunder means but isn't that a barbara streisand uh lyric asunder only um... joy and quiet wonder <laughs> endless possibilities doesn't i'd love to hear andrea sing that ordinary miracles yeah. Ordinary
0: miracle. Yeah.
1: She'd be great at that. She'd be great. She'd um, be nice. There's actually,
0: a, I was thinking uh, before I interviewed with her, I was watching video clips and I was thinking of all the Streisand material. I want her to perform. Oh, totally. Like, so yeah, you, you know, I mean, she's a, got a lot of Streisand up. in Oh her. yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a story she tells to set through about one of her original audition songs that was actually a medley. And I'm oh my to god think
1: that is hilarious where she yeah, sings um it's cornet man and then cornet man is the end just like crazy belting uh but you gotta get starts, a gimmick right and, and um then, wait it starts with some there's a crazy uh is it soprano? yeah what's the one it starts with it's like a is it a belt thing or a soprano now i can't remember well everybody should watch it it's on youtube yeah but hearing um, her sing
0: cornet man though i was like yes fanny bryce
1: Well, okay. So we both, we both said that we saw her in, in the Heights. So we both loved her for at least that that many years. Um, and, uh, like I said, I was a fan from, um, songs for a new world before that. And, um, I had seen her in actually, and I'd forgotten about it, uh, in Sondheim's, uh, Saturday night at second stage in like, Mm -hmm. I want to say, I guess, 2000. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so weird. I remember that it was 2000 only because um, I knew it had to be before we did a class act at Manhattan Theatre Club because I was walking on uh, 43rd Street outside the Manhattan Theatre Club studios with Ray Wills, who was in the Off-Broadway Manhattan Theatre Club, Carolee Carmelo (laughs) cast of Mm -hmm. a class act. And we ran into Lauren Ward. Who? And her name's Lauren Ward. And she... was on Broadway in the 1776 revival with, mm-hmm. um, well, I think Carolee replaced her in that actually, but oh, she was okay. on Broadway in the 1776 revival in the nineties. And she also, um, she was in, in Saturday night at second stage. And um, we ran into her and I remember Ray, uh, well, now maybe I'm... No, no, yeah, that's what happened. And Ray was like, Lauren Ward, you're a Broadway star. And she was like, oh, ha, 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 I mean, they knew each other, you know, but I just remember meeting her with him there. And the reason I knew who she was was because of Saturday Night. But anyway, uh, I remember Saturday Night and I remember uh, loving Andrea. I mean, of course, no surprise. You know, she yes. was the, like, hilarious, like, anger of that show, you know? Mm. Uh, and, uh, and then... Uh, Did you see the Nance? I feel like we both saw the Nance.
0: I did see the Nance. And it's so funny. uh, uh, We brought that up in the interview. And and, uh, I had been doing my research beforehand. So I had seen that. And I remember her. I mean, I didn't know. Back when I saw it in 2012, 2013. um, I didn't know she was at that time. But I remember her. And being like, who's that girl? You know, like, she's fabulous. She's a star. Uh, So I'm dying to... I think that exists somewhere online. Like, I think it's one of those, like... Yeah, no, they did it
1: for PBS.
0: PBS, yeah. Like,
1: uh, so I remember uh, her in that, for sure. I almost feel like that we could, like, corn stream that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, like, not not a musical. But it had numbers. I think she and Katie Huffman actually did... Yeah, Well, of course, Nathan did numbers. Um, Um, My...
0: So when I went and saw that show, it was... I think it was at like the Belasco theater or something, but it was, it was a Lincoln center production. Yeah. So right. I had gotten link ticks for that mm. show. And I hadn't looked, I hadn't done my homework. So I didn't know. I just assumed it was like at the Vivian Beaumont. Cause Uh-oh. it was Lincoln center. So it's like seven thirty. I I uh, pull up when well, no, I get off the train in front of Lincoln center. And I'm like excited for the dance. I <laughs> go to the Vivian Beaumont oh. and it's like, you know, South whatever, Pacific. Pacific, whatever was playing yeah, at the time. Yeah. So I get on my phone and it's like, blah, blah, blah. I look at the address and it's like, you know, 46th street, 45th street, whatever. At this point it's 745, 15 minutes still curtain. Not only do I have a ticket to the Nance, but I have a front row center Shout ticket. Out. So I get in a cab I'm speeding, and you know, seven forty-five. It's like rush hour traffic, so the yeah, cab is literally been on the train, crawling along. I would have been better off running there. Yeah, so <laughs> walking slowly, going through Times Square traffic. Finally, I get off like two blocks in, uh, away from the theater. It's yeah. now eight oh five. I'm like sprinting, sprinting, sprinting to the theater. I run into the box office, tell them my name, and they're like, "Oh, yes, we've been holding the curtain for you." <gasps> Damn. So I like I they bring me in. I walk down the aisle and I'm literally the front row center. Like, there's no way I could have gotten in after the curtain went up. So like, especially because that second scene of that show is like a full frontal nude scene.
1: So it's um, that well, this is the second time that Andrea has been your uh, good. That's that's very true. Very true. I uh, you just reminded me speaking of Lincoln Center. I had a horrible experience when I went to see. Um, My Fair Lady, uh, Mm -hmm. at Lincoln Center, and it was terrible. No, I loved it, um, but I, uh, I had gotten my tickets through, um, StubHub, Mm -hmm. and I'd never used StubHub before, and I just assumed that it was, like, anything else, and they would be, like, at the box office, Mm -hmm. and so I went to dinner on 72nd Street, Mm -hmm. and, uh, then uh, my friend that I was with was like, do you have the tickets? And I was like, no, you know, but uh, we'll get them at the box office. And he was like, oh, I thought they were step up. And I was like, yeah, but you know, and he was like, no, I think you like, you better look at the email. So yeah. I, like, I look at the email. And sure enough, it's like, no, you have to pick them up on like 42nd. No, I've never yeah, heard of was- that. Yes, they have like an office where you have to pick up somewhere, Whoa. like a, you know, not an office, whatever, a, a facility. Um, so I literally had to like, re- oh no, there was no way to make it thank God I knew um, I had been like, I had requested press tickets and been rejected, <laughs> mm. but I still emailed the publicist and I was like, I bought tickets that I can't go. Can you help? I mean, but I can't get, I won't be able to get them. Can you help me? So basically they just like on my like good honor, like let me sit in the seats that were supposed to be mine. And then oh, like, that's nice. if somebody else had like come, we would have had to like, show our paper trails and like see who was legit you know yeah well that's that's also really good problem solving on your part listen i am very good at like worming out of a hole <laughs> that's my one like, skill in life yeah you're like
0: you know the rain man when it comes to theater tickets I, well that as well is true too i um oh and by the I, way the nance was at the it was not at the
1: belasco it was at the the lyceum theater same diff. They're on the wrong side of uh, of Broadway, unfortunately yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, what's that line from *Bullets Over Broadway*? Not the Ma- not the Belasco, the Morasco. <laughs> Morasco. <laughs> um, um, anyway, uh, well, I um, so we, we both were fans, but I mean the the it was great to talk to her about. It's so cool to hear someone who um, is a collaborator with Lin Manuel Miranda but in a way is also a fan, you know? I mean, of course she's definitely also a fan, but I mean, to hear her talk about being in, in the Heights and creating the role of Daniela through the workshops and stuff, you know, when there was only a first act and, and. And um, her being one of the people who heard that material for the very first time, you know, you can just, you just get goosebumps when she describes hearing him do the opening number for the first time, you know? And of course I remember having that experience except, in the theater, you know. Yes, me too. And um, I mean, it's 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 the beginning of an experience that uh, that ha- of me having that experience with him, which of course then I had again several times in Hamilton. But like, I mean, you know, seeing Hamilton several times. Um, In the Heights, I only saw Off-Broadway at 37 Arts. I never saw it on Broadway, so I'm like Mm. especially excited now after years of listening to the cast album to finally get to see it on the screen whenever the movie finally comes out. But um, it's just that rare... There's only a few other things. Hedvig is one of the few other examples of where Mm. I've seen a show, especially it's rare with a musical, where I felt like this happens to be musical theater, but this is on the cutting edge of all culture and not just cutting edge in terms of like edgy and groundbreaking, but cutting edge, like of popular culture. Like this is what everybody will love if they can only be, you know, uh, brought to the experience, you know? Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's how I felt about, like, August Osage County and Angels in America. and um, Strange Loop. uh, Oh, God, yes. A Strange Loop. So much. So that. I mean, that's what we go to the theater for. I mean, I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on the pod. But, like, theater lets me down so much of the time. It's like, and yet when it lifts me up, it's better than anything else in the world you know that's that's very true I can see so many mediocre movies or tv shows and I'm fine with it I I get what I want out of the experience you know yeah Uh, whereas like seeing bad theater can be like so disheartening it can just be so goddamn boring you know you're just sitting there in an uncomfortable seat that you paid too much money for and you can only go to the bathroom and get a drink when they say so, you know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and you have to just like, you know, be like just too close to so many other people. I mean, hello, but like, um, and you have to hear other people's like annoying Coughing Coughs. or, or, yeah, candy. or weird, weird laughs, or like whispering to their friend or their cell phones going, you know, it's like, there's something, you know, a movie just washes over you. You know, when you watch a movie, you really don't have to think that much about the other people watching the movie at the theater with you. Yeah. Um And, uh, yet you have to be such a part, you're almost like a part of a community in a, in a live performance audience, you know, and that's such a problem when it's not great, but when it is great, it's so uplifting. It's so, you get such a charge. I mean, you, you feel like you are a community with the people that you sat and watched in the Heights or Hamilton or yeah. uh, a strange loop or angels in America or Hedvig or whatever with, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so funny. Speaking
0: of that and speaking of in the Heights, I did see in the Heights on Broadway, which is so crazy because it was that weird one year I spent in New York where I did uh, two semesters at NYU for music theater and 2007, 2008, and I spent that whole year just like in such a deep depression, and not only was I like struggling to just you know find my way in the world and live in New York as like an eighteen year old but I had also recently um come out and I had had a really dramatic breakup, and I just missed my friends, and I wasn't i don't know I was just so sad and down all the time, and I just had this really vivid memory of um walking home from class one day in the spring and it was almost the end of the year. I was about to go home to my family and friends in Oklahoma. And it was one of those things where I was just so like depressed all the time that all I wanted to do was like, go home and get in bed and watch like, you know, Grey's Anatomy or Lost or whatever. And, twice. and so that's all I wanted to do. And I just remember I was walking uh, on Lafayette street down to my dorm and I saw a friend of mine from my building with this other group of people and she was like, Hey Daniel, like come with us. We have an extra ticket. We're going to see in the Heights. And it was like a dorm, you know, uh, bonding night or whatever. And I was just like, Oh, the last thing I want to do is like hang out with you guys and like have to go all the way back uptown. I just want to get in bed and watch TV. But I was like, you know what, like it's it's a lovely day out and like I've heard this show is good and I haven't seen a Broadway show in a while, so sure. So we all get on the train and go up to the Richard Rogers Theater. I had no idea what the show was about. Um, and I just remember, like you're saying, that opening number, I was just like transfixed and I was so blown away by the show. It was something so fresh and original. And um, then, of course, it went on to, won the Tony, to win the Tony Tony. And I, I was so grateful that I decided to go see it, you know, when I was my true self, I was like, no, I just want to go eat ice cream and watch TV. Um, I mean, that's so, why
1: opening numbers are so important, too. I mean, you know me, yeah. I, I focus too much on opening numbers. I mean, like, you know, I, I think it's safe to say most people would agree that the wedding singer, the musical was uh not very good you know and it certainly was like you know quite like a flop on Broadway but that opening number is so fabulous and melodic and engrossing that I really just like I just never got that mad at that show because I was just riding on that wave of good feeling you know or then something like Wicked which like It's obviously a great show. Yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, it's been running forever and it's such a just solid piece with so many incredible songs and has just created such passion for people, you know, and and yet I hate that opening number so much that the first couple of times I saw Wicked, I never got over it. I sat there like, (laughs) I didn't even appreciate Defying Gravity or like, you know, I'm not that girl or for good because I was just like so angry. I just, you know, you want the opening number to just turn you on in that way, you know? And, and that's what, that's what Lynn, you know, clearly just knows how to do, you know, almost in a class by himself. You know, I also, something that is common in many different opening numbers that, have in common me loving them um is <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like uh I love when they start kind of small and then they just keep getting bigger and bigger and especially if it's like not just like like a single diagonal line at a 90 degree angle going up, but especially if there's like little plateaus and then quick mm-hmm. rises and then maybe even momentary drops again, you know? So you just feel that like when you get to the climax of the opening number, you've just like lived this like completely like full journey, you know, in a way on the yeah. like a little like three-act like play. play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and, and like, and that's something that, um, it is so. Uh, it's such a great, um, or or what Lynn does with that kind of hip hop musical theater is so is so perfect for it because it it's it, it allowed with rap. It's like you're able to get something that is a storytelling or even more storytelling than spoken dialogue Mm -hmm. and yet um, still completely a part of the music and, you know, defines the rhythm in a way that then is so carried through that even when you get the more melodic parts of the number, that feeling of that rhythm that was happening in the rap section is still really uh, feels integral to what you're experiencing. You know, sometimes musicals have, uh, they still, you know, I think they would think they're doing what I'm saying in terms, I mean, not to appease me, you know, but but I think they would describe themselves, you know, the writers would, you know, as starting small and then building and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> but like, oftentimes that just means that they have, you know, kind of like two different songs, you know, or, mm-hmm. or it means that, you know, they just have like, you know, slow scenes or something, you know, before the song gets going, you know, and I'm not having that. I want the number to start. I just want it to start from the ground up. And, yeah, um, have somewhere to go. And, you know, and you do, that's just, you know, one of the things that Lynn gives you, you
0: know? Well, I love what Andrea says um, about a good hands performer. You know, Lynn's a good hands performer. She said, um, uh, Richard Kind said she was a good hands performer. Like, uh, someone who you know once the show starts, like, oh, you're in good hands. Like, you can sit back and relax and let them take you on the journey. And I love that term so much that I'm going to start using it every day of my life. Totally.
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, you just, you just want to trust them, you know? I mean, that's yeah. why it's like, you know, sometimes I think young performers and writers and stuff talk about like, um, or, you know, they, there might be a tendency to give away, to give too much or, mm-hmm. you know, to, um, to say too much, not, you know, to, to spell things out, to be too on the nose, you know? and it's like the thing is you don't necessarily need to like make it um always so clear to the audience right from the beginning you know everything that's going to happen but we just want to feel like you what well, she said it great she said you know that you know where you're going and how to get there you know yeah and and you can trust them to like drive the car exactly because you know, I just like
0: to take an Uber. I do not want to be. Honey, I do not want to be driving. Honey, and you, yeah, you just want the Uber,
1: and you want that cup uh, holder in the armrest. Cup holder and, the armrest. Mm, cup holder and an arm. Listen, if you get me a cup holder and a private armrest in a Broadway theater, I'd have a lot more patience with <laughs> some more slow-moving material. <sighs> You know, that I know we've talked about this before, but
0: that is uh, one of the many uh, appealing factors of a show in Provincetown, baby. Those cup holders in the armrest of yes, the uh, Art Indeed. House Theater. Indeed. Indeed.
1: I'm really right there with you about that. And, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, uh, I, I'm somewhat of a fan of uh, this actress named Patty Lupone.
0: And, yeah, I've heard um, of her. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, you know. She when she rails about the audience misbehavior, like I've also heard of those ta- taskmaster that she is. I I do kind of disagree. You know, when they complain about like the people like eating and drinking in the theater, I'm like, no, let them fucking eat and drink. You know, yeah, like I. L- let let I let, let people be comfortable. Like, I don't <laughs> want people on their devices, you know, and yeah, I don't I mean, want that's... them doing things that are distracting to other people from the show. But I also believe in like, you know, we, we I think we need to invite people in to the theater. You know, I understand. Well, and it's still day.
0: entertainment at the end of the day. You know, people go to be entertained and to enjoy themselves. You know, it's not
1: like well, and going if to you're gonna church. you know and even and you know you want you want them to feel entertained even by something that has more important things to say i mean that's the things yeah. that the things that you and i have talked about as our greatest theatrical experiences in the audience Uh, have been things that were not stupid fluff pieces, you know? Right, right. I mean, certainly A Strange Loop or Hamilton or Angels in America, you know, have a lot of important things to say, but they just do it in a way that's captivating and engrossing. And just like real life, alternately hilarious or heartbreaking, you know, or absurd. Um, Well, um, Uh, by the way, have you,
0: I, uh, I don't know if you've heard but Angels in America they recorded it and released it as like a, basically a radio play. Yes, I did hear that. I and know. I downloaded it on Audible and it is so fabulous. I listen to it sometimes when I'm walking, I listen to it when I'm going to bed sometimes.
1: And well, hey, if our treat. if our listeners want to check that out themselves, maybe they should use the Audible code Broken Records and they can get 10% up. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, i've heard that some people do that they do fake commercials to make it look like Uh, they're more like famous than they are we should probably just start doing that
0: yeah we should
1: i shouldn't have i shouldn't have cracked in the middle now if we try to do that next week they'll be like "Mm, is it real though (laughs) Uh, oh god andrea burns is real so she's real
0: and a a real treasure and um, i loved every second of our chat with her and i'm and, and I think she, I don't know if I cannot remember now what was the actual interview and what was like our troubleshooting <laughs> session. But um, I IT do, work. our IT session, I do want to have her back to talk about like another album that yes, she grew up totally. listening to because you can tell she has such a deep love of the theater and musical theater. Yes. Um, all right.
1: Well, uh, here she is Andrea Burns. It's recording. Wonderful. Well, Andrea, I have to tell you, you were like the like soundtrack of especially the beginning of the quarantine for me. I was just taking these like long walks and I had my iTunes on shuffle and uh, these songs would keep coming on and I'd be like, God, this is beautiful. Who is this? Oh, it's Andrea Burns. And then it would be like songs from your album that I like hadn't really like listened to that much when it first came out. And eventually I was just like, no, I'm just straight up listening to the album because it's like all I want to hear right now. And you was like, just your voice is just so beautiful. I think I just forgot because you're so funny and sassy. Just what a beautiful voice you have. Mm.
3: Thank you. Thanks, Ben. That's so sweet. And I love that I was in your ears during such a tricky time, you know? Mm-hmm. I think we'll always remember, like, what we were listening to. Totally. Um, around this time. But thank you for that. I really appreciate it.
1: No, um, it's... Because I love to sing. Oh, oh, my God. Like, up on the roof, I was just like...
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. a perfect one.
3: Oh, well, thank you. And, you know, uh, that's like Chris Jackson doing um, backup vocals... Uh, on that arrangement up on the roof he and bill sherman uh did that arrangement for me because i released that album right when right before we moved heights to broadway Mm. so um you know i had the great thrill of getting you know lynn wrote a song for the album Lackamart uh did a couple arrangements it was fantastic it was just an amazing creative time Mm.
1: which of those songs is by lynn
3: uh btw right back i think it's pretty obvious oh, of, of course
1: yes 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 <laughs> yeah. yes, yes yes yeah and he was
3: like oh my god this is the song i have the song for you and i'm like oh is it going to be something sweeping and beautiful like breathe or powerful and dynamic like paciente fe he was like no it's hilarious
1: you." <laughs> 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 You're just too versatile. Like we all just have to be reminded Uh, that there's just more facets. mm -hmm. Well,
3: I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. One time, my husband, who's a director, you know, who helps me put together like my one-woman shows, mm -hmm. uh, we were seeing somebody's like cabaret evening, and I was like, "This is so great! It's a variety show. Maybe I should have like guests." And he was like, "Andrea, you are a variety show. Yes, Yes, you
1: (laughs) you are. You are your own guest stars. I love that." Well, I'm very sad. I missed you at 54 Below the last time you were there, and now I'm just, like, kicking myself so much. Um, but wow. uh, but Thank I've had a know. lot of also i I think you, were you, I know you've done this recently, this show about Judy Holliday, um, uh, what's yes. it called, uh, Smart Blonde. Smart Blonde. But, but didn't, you did uh, the Claudia Shear show, Dirty Blonde, at some point, didn't you?
3: No, no, I didn't. I never did that. I'm a, I'm a fan, but I never did that show. No, I'm just
1: I'm just hallucinating. Just a. Well, I, I was okay. so sad because I think at one point, I, I, I don't know why I had an idea that you were doing it and I was going to go see it and then I didn't anyway. But um, I, there's many broken hearted memories I have with you. I didn't see you in working at City Center, which I'm so mm. Oh, yeah, that was a blast. And um, I, that's that's another sassy, funny number, though. It's an art. I, uh, I <sighs> Just re, re, reinforcing my my preconceived notions of you, um, which is so crazy because I first <laughs> discovered you not being funny and sassy, but being beautiful. Beautiful and soulful in um, in songs for a new world. I mean, yes. uh, you're the, the voice of, of a generation. I mean, a, a, million, a million girls in piano bars in your shadow singing I'm Not Afraid of Anything and I'd give it all for you just wishing they could sound that way.
3: Isn't that amazing? And, you know, that show was born in piano bars Um, you know, that's where Jason certainly got his start and, and, Mm -hmm. and, and Billy, and that's where he met Billy Porter, who started singing a lot of the stuff Mm -hmm. early on. And, um, but anyway, that means a lot and thanks. Yeah.
1: I I remember people playing that for me. Uh, like, I think I was even still in college and it was like, you know, that, and you guys were not much older than we were. And it was like, you know, this was like the dream of New York and the legend of like, Daisy and Hal like picking Jason out of the piano bar and taking him to Broadway and <laughs> totally. the whole thing. Yeah, it really Yeah, totally. It.
3: And you know, and it would be a great what it should be a, a great movie. movie. Yeah. It should be, yeah. Ryan yeah. Murphy. It should be a totally. Ryan Murphy series, right?
1: Yeah, yeah it would be a prin- Prince Brown. <laughs> Brown Prince. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, another another um, Broadway fairy tale come true, obviously, is um, Lin Manuel Miranda. Just the you know, just biggest dream in decades, and and you know, it, and it and it's I, I guess I remember hearing about Lin with like um, um, Freestyle Love Supreme at Ars Nova. Um, and right. I used to go see stuff there, but I hadn't seen that, but I saw In the Heights at 37 Arts and, um, was just, you know, so blown away, you know, as was of course, like just everybody. And I wanted to know, like, when did you get involved with that? When did Lynn come onto your radar? How did that all come together?
3: Um, yeah, well, I was, I think it was 2000, I know like 2004, end of 2004, cause I had, uh. I had had my son in end of 2003 and he was approaching his first birthday when I got a call to do, um, a reading of, uh, of in the Heights. And it was just act one and we didn't really know what it was. And, and, uh, I didn't know the team at all. I didn't know, um, but a friend had said to me, they're amazing and, and, she knew about freestyle and she was like, you got to go check them out. They're brilliant. This, this team of guys is just brilliant. And, uh, so I went and it was like one of the first things I was doing benefits and things, but I, you know, it was like one of the first things that had me like out of the house. Um, mm. as, as far as like, you know, I was, I was at home taking care of my baby and just like, uh, so I was like very excited to be just in a rehearsal room. And, um, I went to do, I think we did that reading and Tommy Kale was there and he introduced Lynn and basically said, you guys, I don't think you've ever heard anything like this before. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to share it with you. And we did a read through and Lynn sang all the songs. And <laughs> we just mm-hmm. read through. And I think it was the first time they had decided to you know, Kiara was on the team, Kiara Alegria Hudes was on the team as a writer. And she had really expanded this idea of Vusnavi and his friends to like the block and the neighborhood. Mm. So I think it was the first time they had put in the salon and the salon ladies. Mm. And, um, and so, you know, I tell the story of sitting around that table and, you know, the first time you hear Lynn, do that opening number. Mm. I just remember, you know, I'm like looking at the page and then all of a sudden that, that slow take up, like what is happening? Yeah. You know, this is the most fresh thing
2: mm-hmm. I've
3: heard in a long time. And I've done so much development for so many new musicals and and been so lucky really to have worked with a lot of people at the beginning of Great Things, you know, Jason included. And yeah. so it was like, whoa, this is also something I know it when I see it. I know it when I'm in the room with it. Um, Recently, I did a reading, I don't know if it was like last summer, with Heath Saunders. I think he's a writer like that, where I Mm. go, oh, I know it. I know it when I'm mm. in the room with somebody oh, like that. Oh, we heard it. So. We heard it here and, first. Um, we're
1: gonna we're gonna spread that around. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you, yeah. said, you said the I opening number in right. the heights because it 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 is so fresh. And you know, I mean as fresh as it is now, it was even fresher in 2005 you know, five or whatever that was. But um yeah. but but also you immediately know you're in the good hands of someone that understands what makes musical theater great. Yeah. How to just
2: galvanize
1: and, and bring the audience in. I mean it's just it's you just can just sit back and enjoy that so immediately.
3: Um, I agree a hundred percent. And let me just say, Ben, like I just, you know, um, this is we're just getting to know each other now, but I've always admired that you're like a young person with an old school sensibility. Oh, you know? Yes. Uh, you, you know, you really are. And I, I felt like that as a as a young person. Mm. Now I'm an older person with an yeah, old
1: school sensibility. Stop it. You're but, my knowledge.
3: Uh, you know? Yeah, but I mean, we then then we know. I mean, I was patty obsessed too. Well, that'll be another time. Oh uh, um, yeah. All right. All you know, right. We know that's why I had to see your show. We know where the goods are like, yeah. and, and something that you just said, which is something that I'd like to use a lot is, um, the idea of a performer, a, a good hands performer.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I actually had, uh, the amazing and hilarious Richard kind said, oh, yeah. uh, paid me this compliment, um, many years ago. I think I was doing the full Monty and he said to me, you know, Andrea, you're a good hands performer. Like I know I'm a good hands when you come on stage. And I just took that not only is such a compliment, but I, I recognize it in others. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, this person is going to take me out. I can sit back. This person is driving the car. They know the way,
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right.
3: And I can really trust the ride. And I think yeah. clearly Lynn uh, was one of those people in, in addition to being PT Bardem and Harold Hill yeah, and all yeah. the magical
2: things
3: he is. Yeah. Um, You also know it's steeped in such a love of traditional musical theater yeah. that he's going to pour all his innovation and creativity into it. But he he knows he he knows the car. Yeah, you know it's like he 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 built the car out of good parts. Does that make sense? Yeah, to really, totally. But, um. So so yeah, that was an, that was an amazing time. Uh. At 37 Arts. And so, but when I saw him do that reading, which was 2004, um, yeah, I was just blown away. I was like, this is incredibly fresh. And I stuck with the development of it. In fact, bringing it back to Hal Prince, I was slated to do his new Broadway show, Love Music, with Donna Murphy and Michael um, Cerberus. Yeah. And I had to, because, you know, thanks to Songs for a New World, um, Hal became a, a friend and mentor to uh, to myself, to my husband. Um, and, uh, and so I had to write a really heartfelt letter to Hal because it was either go do love music on Broadway mm. or go do in the heights at 37 arts. Mm. And yeah. I had a gut feeling about, and I loved being a part of love music. It was all about Kurt Vile and a yeah. really cool project and have brilliant people in it. But I just had a really gut feeling about this. And I had to write him a letter that said, look, I just feel, this is hugely important. I haven't been part of a Latin musical written by an authentic Latin voice. I mm-hmm. feel like this person is changing the game and I'm I'm here for it and I want to be part of it. And I know this sounds insane because I'm doing an off-Broadway show instead of a Broadway show and I so value, you know, everything, you know, this opportunity that you're giving me, but I, I have to go with my gut. And um, and uh, it was, I just knew, I knew that first reading, I just was like, this 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 kid is very special. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. What well, and really just a kid then. But um and you know, it's funny hearing you talk about it as uh as as a Latin connection because it as you growing up, I know that your um your dad is Jewish and your mom is from yeah. Venezuela. Is that right? Yes. And yes. That you Thank must you. have as someone who grew up loving musical theater, there's so much Jewish stuff. In musicals, you know, I mean, obviously The Fiddler on the Roofs, but even just all the Jewish guys that were writing them and, you know, and all that. 100%. But but it must have been such a great full circle for you to then have sort of the other half of your roots come into play in the musical.
3: 100%. Ben, wow, that's, you know, absolutely true. I felt, you know, I grew up feeling actually, you know, very culturally Jewish, and yet I grew up in Miami. Uh, Mm -hmm. where uh, there was a huge Cuban population. And um, I always say, like, I'm not Cuban, but I have a Cuban heart. Like, I grew (laughs) up around so much of that culture. Um, But yes, I felt very culturally Jewish, and my affinity for Broadway felt very Jewish. You know, I felt very connected to that side of me. Mm. And uh, although I I spoke fluent Spanish my whole life, and, you know, certainly around all of my relatives and spent summers in Venezuela, Mm. but it really was in the heights that, I, I just kept those worlds very separate
2: yeah.
3: and I didn't really, yeah, I, I actually could not have dreamed that somebody would have done that because even working on West Side Story, which was, you know, I mean, there was only, I always say like, there was only a few games in town, right? If you were cast, you you wanted to do a Latin show, right? And I was like, it was like Evita Aldanza, Anita Maria. (laughs) Uh Uh you know. (laughs) Like those were the games, you know, then maybe Aurora. They're all they're yes. A. Yeah. They all end in A. Um. But uh even those you could sense, you know, were written by uh non-Latin people yeah. first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, with a great respect, certainly Bernstein's great respect and love for the music. Yes. Um, but um yeah. So this was, I just couldn't believe that I was in a musical and there were things that were so authentically part of my growing up that were incorporated into this medium in a way that I never would have thought possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, um, you know, I actually just, believe it or not, just a, one of the quarantine person, I taught a Zoom class in Australia recently wow. and talking about Latin music and its influence into the Broadway uh, into Broadway shows. And and I do talk about how it's, like, primarily written by Jewish men, you know, yeah. um, in the beginning, and then how it flips. And, and you take some of the real old-school salsa, you know, old-school roots of salsa music, and somehow this guy put, like, rhyming lyrics to it, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. to things that would normally, like, the one I always call out is in the club. It's, like, a, it's what we call, like, a montuno in salsa music. It's all... It's always like a piano, but in this, you now suddenly in the club, it was Vanessa, let me get the next one. Vanessa, let me interject. I just was mm-hmm. like, you can put words to that? Like, that <laughs> yeah. I was blown away by the fact that he took this, like, you know, piano motif, you know, that lives, you know, has like clave in the pocket. And it's just this thing that I would hear not only in, um, old school salsa, but of course, growing up in Miami and Gloria, Stefan, that kind of stuff. I was like, I can't believe that guy just
1: put lyrics to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. And it takes them so so well. I mean, it's so incredible how when other people have tried, even rock and roll, I mean, certainly we all love certain, you know, rock and roll flavored musicals, some more legitimately rock and roll than others you know but even rock and roll it still feels a little bit maybe like a um it almost works in spite of it being rock and roll or you know or somehow that's at odds with the theatricality or with the with the storytelling but here you get something where it feels as perfect for musical theater as any other form that you know as Rodgers and Hammerstein or Bernstein or anybody yes yeah
3: well, I have one answer to that, and that is because Lynn loves the theater equally. Mm. That's what makes Lynn so magical, is that he has the same amount of love for hip hop, for Broadway, that he does for hip hop. Yeah, he has yeah. the same amount of love for, you know, for Fiddler than he does for, you know, Celia Cruz and Mark Anthony. And, mm. and, you know, so that, that was the magic, that was the secret sauce to me yeah yeah because often you'll see people bring obviously in musical theater, I mean we're so we are trained and skilled to tell all different kinds of stories, and so we have to manipulate our voices in whatever the style asks for, right yeah, but the but often you know, there's always been this thing to like, you know, make Broadway cooler than it is. Yeah. Let's bring mm-hmm. this influence and this influence. And, you know, don't, you know, don't look at the Broadway behind the curtain, look at all this flashy other kinds of <laughs> yeah, stuff right. that we have here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, but the difference was, here's a guy who said, no, like I want to take all that stuff that I love, that's cool and put it in my favorite medium. And that mm. was what was so thrilling to be around. And here you have a, you know, Puerto Rican kid from Washington Heights who also thinks like a, he's like, you know, he, he's, you know, he's Jerry Buck. He thinks like an old Jewish guy, you know, <laughs> right. that's part of his, his sensibility. And that's, what's magical about it. He never dismissed the Broadway mm. for the sake of being other than Broadway. Yeah. And I think that's the magic of it.
1: Did, did you feel, um, you know, was there a time, for example, when you guys were still off Broadway within the Heights, were, were there voices coming to the table or that you had to hear as an actor uh, about the concern? Would this work in a more mainstream commercial venue? Would there be the audiences for it? Was there any kind of attempt to dumb things down or, or whitewash or anything?
3: That's a really good question. I think only in my memory... That really was only from the critics, by the way, um, because we had our producers, Kevin McCullough and Jeffrey Lesser, were really excited about it. I did not huh. feel that uh, they, they were really excited about it. Yeah. You know, I don't feel that they were putting that pressure. I think they got who Lynn was. They got, you know, once we had that whole team, Tommy Kale, yeah. Lynn, Alex Lacamoire, Andy Black and Bueller, Pierre Alegria, who there's, it's like, what a team. You know everybody was making smart and great decisions every day and and uh no however, what you what is amazing to think about because it was two thousand seven, which is really not mm-hmm. that long ago yeah. Um, yeah. there was a review that said it makes I enjoyed this, but it is very difficult to believe that I'd be watching uh, something to the effect of people in this neighborhood and there, you know, it's a little bit of a fairy tale that there wouldn't be a drug dealer or a, or a shooting, (laughs) you know, take place. Yeah. Like this. Okay. This was not written in like 1969, you know, this was, and so they wrote that. And I just remember thinking, the show takes place over forty-eight hours. <laughs> it's not even like a six-month period. Yeah, like you just cannot wrap your head around that—that that nothing would happen on this block. I mean, you know. Mm. So yeah, and of course that you know that critic wouldn't be caught dead saying anything like no, that today. No, but yeah, that was real. That yeah. was something that was said. Wow. Wow.
1: I mean, I, I? It, 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 it's. I mean, it's. It's sad when when the when criticism that should be pointing, you know, the way towards people discovering art that might be outside where their interest level would naturally take them, instead of, you know, closing doors. I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of gross, but but I wonder how many mm-hmm. of them would think that way now, even if they wouldn't write that in a review, you know? Um, but- Right, uh, well, this is a learning curve for everybody. Yeah, we and, sure. and quite frankly, in the
3: Heights was I I always use this quote of lens because it's just so dead on. And he said, I loved musical theater and I wanted to be a musical where I could be Puerto Rican, but there wouldn't be a knife in my hand and there wasn't one. So I wrote one. Wow. Mm. And I think that really did change everything because I think a lot of people, you know, it's like what we're all talking about now, right? We all have our inherent preconceived notions of anybody that is other from us and, and why, if all you, all you see is, you know, the news or, you know, or knife fights in West side story or whatever it is, why would you be privy to the culture of an abuela the way we are? Right. Yeah. And so that was the beauty of it was, I think as a cast, remember we were the first audience. So we would just be looking at each other going, (laughs) I just can't believe this. I can't believe that. All of the, so many of the archetypes of our families are out here just in full and celebrated. And I think maybe it was us that said, I don't know. I don't know if people will buy this. I'm loving every minute of it because I get it, Mm
1: -hmm. but who knows? I'm, I'm so happy doing. you you shared that Lynn quote, because I I hadn't heard that. And that's really so inspiring. I mean, and that's really the, you know, it, it's such a great message for this time that we're living in now, because it, yeah. you know, it's, it's like you said, I mean, you know, you could play Anita and Maria and Evita, but, but those are written by non-Latins, you know, and how much more powerful uh, and empowering it is for people to, create their own, their own stories, tell their own stories. And, um, that's such a great message, you know, for people. I'm so excited for this, uh, in the Heights movie to finally come out. Um, And, and Hamilton being so huge, uh, just gives it such a bigger, uh, platform, you know, than it might've had five years ago.
3: Yes. And, and you know, what makes me excited also about Hamilton coming out on Disney plus I'm really glad it's not a movie. Like, once again, it's Lynn championing for Broadway. Yeah, Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I could definitely have made that movie. Oh, sure. I mean, I'm sure everyone's begging for those rights. And, yeah. And maybe later he will, but I feel like, once again, it's like, yeah, but this is the thing I wrote. And this is the medium I chose. And this is the one that matters. Yes. You
1: know? And it's bringing
0: theater to households that normally may not be able to experience that.
1: Yeah. Right. Or even just that wouldn't. I mean, it's like, you know, part of, I think, what was so gratifying for all of us Broadway fans watching the success of Lin and Hamilton, having already loved him and loved In the Heights, was then to see... Hamilton be successful and so many people that don't like musical theater and might not be Broadway fans clamoring to get tickets, you know, yeah. and to see him embraced yeah. as like a legitimate hip hop star and, you know, not just like a Broadway pretender trying to be cool or whatever, you know? Right. And um, to, so now all those people are going to have this in their, you know, living rooms or on their, you know, iPads at the gym or wherever they're going to watch it. I mean, um, it really just keeps expanding it mm-hmm. um and uh what what was that like for you then to have that that pride and that investment as you know the sort of o g um crew <laughs> and then to go to witness this just not of hamilton
2: um
3: you know incredible thrilling, not as surprising to us as it was mm-hmm. to everybody else, you know right. I mean, I feel like. I'm so thrilled for everyone who got to be part of Hamilton and it's meteoric rise. And I can't even imagine what it was for people like Chris Jackson, who've been with him since freestyle, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm. Um, But I take such, there's such joy in my heart and gratitude for the fact that we were the ones that introduced him to the world. Yeah, Mm. Like I feel like, as proud and excited as anyone of the Hamilton cast members must've been to be like, oh my God, we're about to like do this," you know, yeah. share this with the world. Um, I just remember the thrill of all of us circling up and, and wanting so badly to deliver like what he gave us, mm. right. Like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I just hope everybody loves this as hard
2: as mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. It's my
3: responsibility to like make sure they do. Yeah, and that the fact that that was questionable yeah. was is terribly exciting and made it so rewarding. I think by Hamilton, everyone knew that effort was going to be something big. Yeah, and um I, I've been, you know, who knew it would rise, you know, I mean, to global to be the global sensation and and make him the global star that he is. But again, you know, I believe he was meant to be that. And, yeah. and also I love what you say about like, he's a real hip hop guy, not like a poser. Yeah. I think this all ultimately all comes down to, are you really all in? Mm. You know, he wasn't a guy who was like, let me put in a couple of cute hip hop things to make me look cool. Right. He was like, no, I love this. And I love this. And yeah. I love this. And I am throwing it all into the recipe and I'm putting it in the oven. That's what it is. And, um, I think there's a lot of love for someone who is uh, authentically all in.
2: Yeah, you know, I love that.
3: It's and 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 in this day and age, we get exposed in right and in this day and age, we get exposed to little bits of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, we can only take in so much, uh, so that it's it's. I think it's harder to become um, obsessed in the Seth sense of the word (laughs) that like we were. That's the way we were as kids. Um, uh, You know, how we knew everybody on the, you know, I knew everybody on the Avita album. I knew every, you know, I would read those liner notes. Like it just all meant so much to me. And um,
1: I mean, I got in the Heights. I was like, John Herrera, replacement Che. I mean, that was the first thing that came (laughs) to my mind.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Replacement Che. I love that. Oh my God. I feel like you and I have to sit down for a few hours yeah. <laughs> and just nerd, nerd out for a while. Nerd but um, Yes. Uh, but I think that that authentic, like, I'll share with you one thing. This is totally random, mm-hmm. but um, I had the pleasure of working with Kate McKinnon on a reading mm-hmm. of something that she's considering doing, bringing Ooh. to New York. And, um, yeah. And she Mind was... item. It was so cool. <laughs> right? Sorry. But anyway, she was... Uh, she was just cool and great and just doing her thing. And I'm, you know, I'm geeking out and like, I can't believe I'm sitting in a room with Kate McKinnon and, you know, and uh, afterwards, first of all, then we had to do it for like a bunch of suits, right? Yeah. Of people to decide who we we're going to like invest in this and what they were going to do. And obviously everything's on hold now, but uh, she was nervous. And I was thinking, like, why are you nervous? Like, you're so, this is a reading, this is probably twice as much more, two days of rehearsal of a reading is probably 10 times what an SNL rehearsal process is like, right? (laughs) So um, I was like, and it's funny and you're great and whatever. So she, A, she's so honored, like, the legitimacy of, yeah, but this is, like, the American theater. So that, of course, like, my heart flutter a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping for that. But then we were like, she said to me, "So, you know, you did in the heights. Like, what's like your dream musical?" And I, very foolishly, I'm embarrassed to say, was like, "I don't know," because I just didn't want to look uncool to Kate McKinnon. Let's just face it. Of course. So I was like, I didn't want to get into it. I just didn't want to be. Can you believe it? Through my my great love of life, you know, my church under the bus. I was like, I don't know. You know, whatever.
1: We've all been and there. She was like,
3: Right. Meanwhile, she's like, well, I love Sweeney Todd, but mostly I really love Andrew Lippo's The Wild Party.
2: Wow.
3: (laughs) And I was like, oh, snap. (laughs) You're the real deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like with that sentence, Mm. that's what I'm talking about. She wasn't trying to be like, I'm going to like musicals too. I was like, oh, you're, no, you're like, you're like for real. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that just, of course, you know, made me love her all the more, but that's what comes up when I think about what you're saying, like not being a poser. Like it was just so clear. Like, Oh no, you love it. You love this. I get it. Like I'll put you in a musical just for that.
2: Mm.
1: We we always, we always talk about that on the pod, actually. Like how when people like the thing about themselves, that's so weird or unique that they're afraid is too weird and won't, succeed, when they lean into that and be the most who they are that they can, that's usually when they actually do succeed. And, and
0: yeah, and people recognize that.
1: I
3: I couldn't agree more. A hundred percent. I'm an educator. It's what I say all the time. Mm -hmm. I got a 30 year career behind me and I was there going, Oh yeah, I don't know. Musical theater and stuff. You know, we all, we all go back to like, you know, it's, it's something you have to fight. You know, all of a sudden you're in like the middle school playground going like, yeah. yeah, I like Broadway and stuff, whatever. It's not important.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's real. <laughs> but my sister and I always talk about, there was this, like, cousin of ours who was, like, his parents were really rich. They, like, lived in Chappaqua. He had, like, this crazy record collection, and I would be so when I'd go over and then he'd be like, what kind of music are you into? And I was into like Cyndi Lauper and Madonna and like Stacy Q and like, you know, oh, I,
3: Stacey yeah, that's
1: like really where I was. I love that. <laughs> but,
3: oh my God. I love that. I haven't heard that name in a long time.
1: But I remember saying like, oh, you know, like tacky female singers and like. My sister was just, like, always talked about that, that she saw me just, like, be, like, ashamed of myself, like, mm-hmm. for no reason, you know? And um, it was, uh, it you know, it t- I think that we all carry that around, you know, and the, it, that it's, like, the to have that in a moment when somebody asks you what you're into is, like, not, if that doesn't get in the way that you're doing your work, that's, I think, maybe the main, you know, goal. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But,
3: um, um... And I think, you know, throwing it back to Lynn, I think his superpower is just like, this is what I love. Any yeah. questions?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and people respect that because, like you're saying, it's done with such, um... Yeah. He's so sure of himself and he knows uh his stuff and he's not posing. He actually has... He's done the research and right. done the work.
1: I mean, I think one of my favorite moments on the Tony Awards is, like, I mean, obviously all the ones that you would would be my favorite ones, but, um... Was the 2009 Tonys, and just like at the very end, as the credits rolled, it was Lynn and Audra doing um, that uh, um, Alicia uh, Alicia Keys uh, New York, you know, yeah, um, um, yeah.
2: yeah,
1: and we're, we're yeah, because Audra did the famous mic drop that everybody was talking about. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> but uh but it was uh it was just so magical it was exactly that it was just him just like reveling in it you know and we all were there with him yeah uh, well you know what in the heights uh is such a part of that and and your your warmth and your humor and just you know life force are such a part of that for the fans and that what that history is so we're really grateful to you we, we appreciate you andrea yes
3: oh my gosh thank you thank you it was a great great joyful experience that i'll always be incredibly proud of
1: well thank and you. in the meantime we, we all have the the cast album to will yes. you give it to us if i say that i'm dropping out of stanford will you tell me what kind of a piece it is
3: that's a cherry piece of noose <laughs>
1: <laughs> i love it that is amazing bravo oh, oh, man. Well,
3: ben, Ben, Ben. That's <laughs> a cherry <chitty> piece.
1: Of- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get it on a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> that's too good. Well, oh my, God. Thank you oh my God, so much. We love you. We're gonna. I and mean, do you have any Aww. more nights coming up this week or coming soon, where you're going to be um, subbing for Seth Rudetsky on uh, Stars Oh, and-
3: I'm, I'm, I'm the permanent Monday host. Oh, okay, ah, Monday wonderful. Okay, on Monday's. Yeah. Oh my God.
1: All right. Well, we will yes, be coming yes. in. We'll be tuning in. Thank you. I'm loving you. And we got to have you back on and just talk and just really nerd out on, like, some some cast album when you were a kid or whatever.
3: Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so there.
1: Thank you, Andrea
3: take care thank you
1: all right well we'll 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 see you soon hopefully in a in a new healed world without masks and all all that but uh but i bet i bet you're someone who smile we could see even even over the over the fabric (laughs) the fabric curtain what a
3: sweet what a sweet thing to say um thank you but you know masked even with our masks on we keep we keep moving forward and doing the work and celebrating each other and celebrating what we do and and the people and the makers and authentic voices who make it. Like, we're just going to keep doing it. Like you're doing with this podcast. It's wonderful. So thank you.
1: Well, you're wonderful. We love you. Thank you. We love you. Thank you.
3: Bye. Uh, Take care you guys. Thank you. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to Ben Rimelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. For more episodes, visit Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts do be. <laughs> and be sure to check out our new twice-weekly live stream video chat Tuesday, Thursday, April, August.
0: Available on the Broadway World Facebook page and the Broadway Podcast Network YouTube channel Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10.30 a.m. This episode was edited by me,
1: Daniel Nolan. Thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records themes song. Follow us both, Ben Rimmelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Remmelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M A-L-O-W-E-R And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. Because Nolan with an A is an A.